Hello and welcome back to Resurrections in Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. And like the last two episodes, John Wilson is back to help me cover the MCU output from 2023, which we kind of do been doing for the last few years to close out a year or start a new one. Which means, of course, that, well, duh, John's here. Hi, John. Where is he? I have words to say with that rotten son of a sassafras. He's in the other room in the back. Okay. No, no, the other way, to your left. Uh, we'll get around to it after the show. Hi, everyone. First, Vengeance Later. Right. So, yeah, uh, we have MCU to talk about, which is... I had not watched the two shows we're going to talk about until just before this recording. So, not like five minutes before, but like in the recent days and a couple of weeks, which, I don't know. I didn't watch Loki when it was new. I probably should have done, but I didn't. It feels kind of weird. That's okay. You realize something? Considering when we're recording this right now, early January, or actually mid-January, you're already behind. Because there's another MCU show already that came out. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking about that as we were opening (laughs) up. I need to watch Echo, and I haven't seen Echo yet. So, yeah. Yeah. It's all right, though. It's just fine. It's like, and you're already behind. Yep. Like crap. That's a math teacher's life. Math teachers are always behind. Well, it's like reading comics. I read these 50 comics. You know, another 50 came out. You know, Another 100 came out since you finished those. Crap. Right. That's the, uh, the problem with my Superman read-through. You know, I, I started the Superman read-through. We were in 2009. <laughs> so um, when I get to 2009, I'm still going to have like another, I don't know. 10, and, and what are you up to right now? 1994. So you still have... I still have a good chunk years. before I even get to 2009, and it's Man. already been 10 years since then. So it's, it's now on year 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, life keeps on going. You try to catch up, and it just keeps on going. Uh, well, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, I guess you can just give up. There's that. Or just read faster. Or just read more comics. Right. And watch Which, honestly, shows. is probably the easiest answer. Just, just read more comics. Probably the more fun answer. Right. I mean, if you just give up, what are you going to do? Just sit there? Because I'm reading Zero Hour for the first time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw that. Never read it before. I've known it was there. I've known kind of some of what it does. I've heard people gripe about it in relation to the Legion, but I don't really know the story. And since, you know, Superman is my primary interest, I'm curious to see what it does because my impression is it doesn't really do a whole lot to Superman, but we'll see. We I don't remember see. what it does to Superman because I was I did read a lot of that Zero Hour stuff when it came out. Mm-hmm. I did get turns, a lot of the uh, Zero issues. Turns one Legion into Rebels. Yes, it does. For Not a series so because that was, of Zero Hour, but just like right around the same time. Yeah, for with a series that was better than I thought it was going to be. The Rebels book. Yeah. Yeah, Legion. Uh, the acronym Legion has been a weird book, but almost always a fun read. Like, it is not one of those books where you can predict what's going to happen. Just the writers are doing whatever the heck they feel like from month to month. And sometimes it feels like there's not an intention, but that's also not necessarily a bad thing at the end of the day. Yeah. For this particular book. Yeah. The only thing that we didn't like was the retcon about phase. Oh, turning into our cousin or something? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was ill-conceived. Yeah, that sounds the, like somebody got scared. 
It sounds like I guess they were hoping. I guess there was a way to keep the character because otherwise it's like, nope, we got to get rid of all these. Oh yeah, if you're getting a mandate to get rid of all of the characters in our category, just like move your character out of that category. That makes sense. Yeah, make them not count. Right. I mean, I we I think we had this discussion on the LEG IOM POD cast, but basically the consensus was we understand, we get it. Doesn't we mean we like it. Like it. But yep. we do kind of like our conversation bringing it back to what we're actually to this episode actually and what we're talking about kind of like our conversation last week about namor in uh wakanda forever and if what you if what you said was true about the now of course that was a theory but i mean if what you said was true you know if they're right about uh didn't want to use atlantis because the whole aquaman using atlantis and so want to do something a little different let's say not make it compared to that i can understand that doesn't mean i liked it Right. I happened across some of my memories about that film since we recorded, and I was a lot more positive on it than I remembered being. Um, so I don't know if it's time and memory or what, but I think my memories were basically that I really liked that Namor and was kind of sad that I would never be able to get to read comics about him, you know, because that Namor is not the guy in the comics. No, but never say never. I mean, I don't know what their plans are, but I do believe they've released a couple issues recently, once again with the title Ultimate Something. Mm-hmm. You want to make your character different? Use that version as your ultimate Namor. I did read the first issue of Ultimate Spider-Man. It was pretty rocking. I've heard good things. It's Mostly. nothing at all, even a little bit connected to the previous Ultimate Spider-Man. It's just using the same basic idea of let's tell a separate continuity in parallel to our regular continuity. That's about yeah. as, as 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 ultimate as it is. But that that's what the ultimate does. So Yeah. No, I heard mostly good things and the few things I heard that weren't good seemed to be just whining. Yeah. So I was like, whine. okay. But anyways. Anyway, so first thing I guess would be oh, what came up first? I forget. Loki or Marvels? Um I don't know. I want to say Marvels. Yeah, screw it. Let's just talk about Marvels first then. It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting, 30 years after the series had launched. The Babylon podcast was a dream-given form. Its goal, to discuss the place where humans and aliens could work out their differences peacefully. It's a port of call. Home away from home for established fans, newbies, John, Blaine, and guests. Humans and aliens wrapped in 2,500,000 tons of spinning metal, all alone in the night. It can be a dangerous place. Wait, what? But it's our last, best hope for peace. This is the story of the last of the Babylon stations. The year is 2024. The name of the podcast is... Babylon 5, 30 Years Later. So the Marbles, which came out in I believe November, November tenth. There we go. Someone's prepared. Thank God. And Loki Sorry. was October fifth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Loki good. was still running when Marvels came out. Yeah, close enough. We're still talking about Marvels with Brie Larson, Tiona Paris, uh, Amon Vellani, and of course Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, this um, was everything it should have been, and made all the people mad. 
<laughs> it did make a lot of people mad, which I found funny. It's, I mean, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. It was Captain Marvel and Photon and Ms. Marvel doing their thing in space. And it was great. Um, they had a lot of really touching moments. They had some good character beats. There was a lot of plot. There was a lot of backstory. And honestly, I felt like there was way too much info dumping right at the front. But it was okay because you were able to keep on going. And if you didn't catch all of that, it didn't really matter that much. There was enough storytelling along the way that you were able to, you know, stay involved. Um, yeah. yeah, Marvels was great. I wouldn't call it great, but I definitely did enjoy it. I was not regretting seeing the theater, seeing the movie. I did enjoy it a lot. Uh, some stuff I thought they should have they should have went more with, like the whole planet with the dancing should have just went full out for a full Bollywood thing instead of cutting it shorter. Mm, yeah, like, just go in with it completely. I'm trying to remember. I mean, it, it was pretty good, though, for the most part. I mean, the dancing planet seemed to be a little bit of a sidestep in the plot. And it was implying a lot more like connection with with Carol and her past and everything. But the connection that we we're being given and the significance of it did not equate to the significance of the in the story. Like. This planet didn't really matter that much to the overall carriage of the story, and yet this was her husband or something on this planet. It yes. was weird. Thank you. That was I was trying to remember some things like criticisms I have of it. Like the planets they couldn't save just seemed a little too like uh scene one where the villain wins, scene two where the villain wins. Mm-hmm. You know, the characterizations, for instance, of the char- the main characters themselves in between them were great. Very enjoyable. But what those parts felt a little too, like this is the part. We, this is part one where we have to lose, and this is part two where we have to lose, and part three is where we win. So it did feel like I wish they had done a little more to at least flesh those out. If they were going to lose so easily, at least give us more. That's why it would have been nice if, like, they at least went a little further with that scene because at least we could have enjoyed it more before it just got killed. Yeah, yeah, agreed, and. You know, we never know with these things how much was in the script and how much ended up on the floor. It, this feels like the sort of thing that was conceived as bigger and got ended up being smaller. Yeah. One of the things I really, really appreciated is that um, Kamala, she was all gung-ho and excited for adventure at the beginning. And it's not that that was quashed or anything, but she was definitely given a taste of the stakes. She was given a taste of the stakes that was appropriate to someone of her maturity level, you know, just a little bit more than she could handle easily. But it wasn't just the fun adventure she wanted. She would imagine it being. Mm-hmm. It was people are dying. This is a big yeah, deal. Exactly. There was more death, and she wasn't expecting that really, because she's a kid, and she thinks it's all going to be fun and parties. Mm-hmm. Which is understandable. But lots you know, of uh, lots of uh, um, uh, Nick Fury in this, which was good to see after his Secret Invasion stuff. And it did seem a little different than like it's almost like it was a different character. Like that was not the same Nick Fury. Like that Nick Fury in Secret Invasion was all like I don't know. It just seemed like like an Ultimate Nick Fury and regular Nick Fury. 
He was probably a bit more morose in the Secret Invasion, but to be fair, things were pretty intense during that. Whereas this is more of a romp kind of a story. Well, there is that. But it just seemed like it's like he went right back. To, it's like he's, I don't know, it just seemed like Secret Invasion was a little weird. It's like, I'm going to do this secret, you know, this whole off the book thing. And then I'm right back to doing everything big. And it just seemed like there was a little disconnect for me. Yeah. I think maybe it could be compared to seeing your character in their own title versus seeing your character in a guest spot and how the voice doesn't always ring the same way. Certainly that was true of Spider-Man in the sixties, Spider-Man in his own book and Spider-Man in other people's books are very different characters. Oh, I was actually even thinking of uh, She-Hulk, especially in like the nineties when her book was more of a comedy and she would break the fourth wall a lot. Mm-hmm. But you put her, but she has a guest. She appears in the Avengers. That doesn't happen. I see. So that maybe, maybe there, maybe that was maybe maybe you're right. Maybe something like that. But we did get some multiversal madness out of this one, which is funny because I um I had not yet seen Loki whenever this came out, and so I didn't know what context. I didn't know. There's not really a whole lot, but since Loki, we're going to talk about in a minute, does so much with the multiverse. I wonder if my, my feelings about this would have been different going into it. But um, but there is some pretty significant multiversal stuff happening at the end of this movie. Yes, the uh, the end credit scene where we get binary. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, uh, oh my God, why am I blanking on his name all of a sudden? The Hank McCoy, the Beast? No. Kelsey Grammer? Kelsey Grammer, thank you. Kelsey Grammer as the Beast again. Yes, which, of course, we haven't seen since 2006. Yeah. And here he is playing the same guy, which I'm sure there's, you know, both makeup and computer making him look like, you know, appropriate. But, oh, um, yeah. And, and was, that's fine. I mean, Kelsey Grammer's like, what, 70? Yeah. He's not going to be And do they, have, uh, do they have the actress who plays her mom playing Binary? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that was a really cool choice. That was a nice way to t- tie it in there instead of having it be a, another version of Carol Danvers. Right. Because, of course, in the books, Carol Danvers is both Captain Marvel and binary. But this is a way of sort of, you know, keeping the Captain Marvel connections. But not always just being Brie Larson. And also keeping the X-Men connections since binary was primarily an X character. Yes. When she was binary, she was largely X-Men. You're right. She was hardly used at all while she was binary, but when she was used, it was X-Men. Yeah, because that's where she got those powers, and that's where she was mostly appeared as part of the Star Jammers. Yeah, Brood Saga, is that you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's yep, that's it. That's where it happened, like 162 to like 167. And the uh, we also, at the end of that film, got some hints of future team-ups with Kamala visiting Kate Bishop. Which we've all been, uh, I think a lot of people have been clamoring for Young Avengers for some time. Um, either a Young Avengers or a New Avengers or something. Because like at the end of, I don't know, it was the Age of Ultron. Whenever they ask the New Avengers to assemble and it's a whole bunch of second generation characters. But we never see that team go anywhere. Oh Well, well except for the beginning of uh, Civil War. Right. But just there, like they didn't, they didn't, that didn't really launch a narrative. Like I think we all wanted it to. Yeah. 
I say we all. You, it's, it's always a fallacy to assume that everyone else feels the same way you do about something. So a lot of people wanted it to. But no, that, and that was fun, that part, especially since the way they, which makes sense, even though she didn't want to know it. Yeah, she's mirroring the Nick Fury scene at the end of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Except, mm-hmm. you know, she's not as smooth as Samuel L. Jackson. But to be fair, <laughs> the majority of people on this planet are not as smooth. Are not as Samuel smooth as Samuel Jackson. L. Jackson. Yes, yes. But yes, that was cute and that was fun. Yeah, had a lot of fun with the Marvels. The, I mean, it was a romp. It was a, it was comedy. It was shenanigans. It was adventure. It was a lighthearted film. It was everything that people say they want comic books to be. And yet, because it was mostly women and people of color, you had that part of the audience. Well, yeah. Complaining, as always, because they seem to never go away. Yeah. And, I mean, it's one thing to say, is it a perfect movie? No. there's There are flaws in it, and it was not... The best movie in the world. It's not the best MCU movie. I, it was enjoy. I, I mean, personally, at least, I don't think it was the best MCU movie. Do I think it's very enjoyable? Yeah. Would I watch it again? Yeah, I'll watch it again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was watching, looking for whatever things that people can complain about, like that. And the only thing I saw really was just the who the main cast members were. Yeah, just their existence. That's what they're going to complain about. Yeah. But I expect that. I'm already seeing them complain about Echo because of just who she is. Yep. So, I don't give a crap about that because if you're just going to complain just based on that kind of stuff, then whatever. I don't care. If you want to have comments about, well, this part or this scene or this way, you know, this character's, you know, this interaction I didn't care for. Valid criticism. Great. Talk about that. And here's the well, irony. Existence. Uh, shut up. Go away. Buy a bullet, rent a gun. I don't give a damn what you do. Here's the irony. I've been reading, there's a there's a book about the MCU, like, uh, behind the scenes, so, like, how it was developed along the way, sort of the history of the MCU. And it's really, really great reading. One of the things about the, the reasons that certain creative decisions were and weren't taken during the early years of the MCU, and we're talking all the way up until about Age of Ultron, is that the person in charge of Marvel, who was also therefore in charge of the MCU, was toy-minded. And we're going to make movies that help sell toys. Mm. Which is why, um, even though the Avengers, the original The Avengers film, is not devoid of female characters, there's a lot of dudes and all of those dudes got multiple action figures of multiple types and models and sizes, whereas Black Widow got one and Maria Hill got none. Um, so it was, it, it was old wisdom in this particular guy's head that women, female superheroes, don't sell toys. And the thing is, and did was, they really sell that many toys anyway? I mean, I think so. I, the, I don't know. I have no idea what the numbers are, but there are lots of toys out there. <laughs> but it wasn't until um, Disney, who uh, who had bought Marvel, decided to separate Marvel, the comics company, from Marvel Studios and bring Marvel Studios under a Disney person and out from under the toy-minded person, whose name I'm avoiding saying because I don't want to get it wrong. Um, yeah. But... That's Once just, that happened, Kevin Feige was able to have a lot more creative freedom. Now, granted, making a Marvel MCU film is still a whole thing, but now it's a thing with problems inherent in making movies, not inherent in conforming to demographics that sell toys. Yeah, 
And plus, that's weird because that's usually more reserved, I thought, for like things like television. Not yeah. movies, because movie, you know, because television, at least I can get that. I'm not saying I agree with him, but I can at least get the logic a little bit because television is basically coming from like this, you know, uh, commercials. Mm hmm. You know, it's like what you can you, you know, there's, and there's got to be a limit of what you can, you know, cost for commercials, because otherwise then it's too high and no, we don't want to pay for your commercial and then you don't have the budget for the show. So the toy sales for a lot of times can also offset that. But a movie goes by tickets. Yeah. You know, yep. you, you know well, you're the not, tickets. no, no TV show is getting a billion dollars. For advertising. Or the tickets are evidently the, just the beginning because you've got all the merchandise that come along with the film, and the, the merchandising is where you continue to make money. Yeah, but and, that should be like um, the ice. That's the icing on the cake, I would think, not the purpose. You would think, unless you are Marvel Comics, which makes comic books and toy figures. So I just say that that's just the way things were as recently as this transition happened, either during or just after the production of Age of Ultron. That's when the transition between um, who was running the show happened and Disney removed. Hmm. Yeah. So anyways, like I said, it's it's very much worth the read. It's um, is this the same book we talked about last time? Yes. Oh, yeah. There's only one real. There's only really one MCU book out there. So if you look for the MCU book, you're going to find it. Well, that makes it easy. The, yeah, because <laughs> I just have to go back and copy the uh, link I put last time in the show notes and put it in again. Yay! Right? Yay, lazy. And it's on Audible, so yeah, that's where I'm getting it. It's on Audible. Oh, and in, since we're not doing full reviews, obviously, because that we're not, we would not be able to do three different things in one episode here. If you want what I thought was a pretty good fair review of this movie, uh, go check out the Comics Over Time podcast. They had an episode that came out November 15th reviewing the Marvels. I remember when I listened to that, I thought, after, you know, after I saw the movie, I thought that was a really good, fair, like, these are all the good things. These are all the bad things. Like, you know, put it, they, they weren't ready to kill the movie just because it existed. They also didn't want to say it is the best thing ever. Why? Because I don't like those people. Because unfortunately, that's also a problem that could happen sometimes is you get so many jackasses on one side. It's almost like you have to fight against. Mm hmm. It's almost like sometimes it almost feels like if you say anything critical, you're agreeing with them. Right. Yeah. And that's difficult. And that makes it annoying. It's like, no, I don't just because I say something critical. I mean, I agree with that jackass. Right. And as, as I am a particular fan of a particular set of movies with a particularly problematic fandom, um, I am well aware of the, the kinds of things that can happen with <sighs> is saying exactly. anything critical of the gods. And suddenly you're a hater. Exactly. But I just want to like my movies. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I just want to like the movies I like and the ones I don't like, I just don't care about. I'm like, okay, right. I didn't like this. I'm not going to watch it again. Or if anyways, I know I'm not going to like it, I don't bother watching it in the first place. We didn't really get too deep in anything with this film, but I don't really have a whole lot of depth to say about it. I mean, it's been a few months since I saw it. Um, but do you have more on this or do you want to go on to the next thing? No, I think I said everything I want to say. I mean, it like we, well, I guess I do have one more thing, but not much. But like, yeah, like I said, it was a fun movie. I don't think it really had too much depth, so it's not really much to say depth-wise. But the best part, I thought, was the characterization between the main characters. Yes. That was that was really well done. It's kind of like looking at a book going, okay, like a, going back to comics. 
Like, uh, the plot's a little weak in this, but damn, the scripting is awesome. You know, the dialogue is amazing. Oh, one thing I want to add while we're uh, still on this film, because um, I was just listening to the part of the MCU book that talks about the development of the Captain Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to describe the character of Captain Marvel to, I don't know if it was Feige or somebody else, and how they wanted to sell the character or, whatever, or spin the character, you know, what the focus was going to be on their personality. And Kelly Sudakonic, I think it was, or maybe somebody else, was saying, well, Captain Marvel always gets back up. And they said, well, that can't be her thing because we already have Steve Rogers doing that. Like, I can do this all day. And the person who was talking is like, okay. But the difference is Steve Rogers always gets back up because it's the right thing to do. Carol Danvers always gets back up because f- you. And you had to bleep that on how your show bleeps. But, um, but just like, She's so full of vinegar that when she's in a fight, she is not going to let it go. You know, Steve Rogers will get back up to defend people. Carol Danvers will keep getting back up because she just, you're, you're going down. <laughs> it's a motivation thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was, a, I thought was a neat way to spin the difference. Yeah. <laughs> Although I was, I did make a horrible joke to myself when you said Captain Marvel, which actually technically you're saying Carol Danvers. Cause Captain, if you're talking about Captain Marvel always gets back, I'm like, well, Captain Marvel doesn't always get up back up. Hi, Marvel. How you doing? Ooh, too soon? They're both captains, and they're both named Marvel. I know, but I'm just like, well, Captain Marvel technically doesn't always get back up because, you know, he didn't. He, 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 he laid down and never got back up again. Yes, yeah. that's true. He did have a short, you know. And, you know, people. <laughs> people. People, I was like, there's only one Captain Marvel, whatever this argument comes up, forgetting, of course, the whole Shazam thing. There's only one Captain Marvel. And I'm like, the whole reason Jim Starlin killed him is because nobody cared at the time what Captain Marvel was going to do next. He was out of publication. He was done as a character. He had run into the ground. And so Jim Starlin wanted to kill somebody. And so he killed Captain Marvel. Actually, whenever I hear people say that, like, I want to like, be able to yell in like five voices. You're, you know, there's only one Captain Marvel. Like, you're right. Marvel, Jenna's fell, Maka Rambo, Billy Batson. Wait a minute, Mary Marvel. Wait, wait, which one? There's like twelve. Which one is the real one? Which one's the only so one? So many about? captains, Marvel. It's the one that says Marvelous split. Captains. It's the one that had three issues in the sixties. That says split, and his arms and legs would come off. <laughs> yes, that one. Or Marvel Man. Let's say, let's say Katoma. Well, that's true. He was Captain Marvel originally. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Anyway, on to Loki. Season Loki. two, that is. I so, am Loki. Interesting thing about this show is that it was not intended to be two separate seasons. It was intended to be one full show. And COVID got in the way of production. So I was coming into this show. I was like, okay. Does this flow like one show or have creative shifts happened where it no longer feels like it could have been one show? And honestly, while there probably are some choices that would have been different had all been filmed together, we probably wouldn't have had Ouroboros, for example. Um, Mm. It really does feel like two halves of one plot. Like a lot of the Netflix Marvel shows would do two half season arcs 
that combine together to make an overall story to accomplish one goal, you know? Yeah. But there's like, of the 13 episodes, episode seven was usually a transition episode to wrap up one plot and or start another plot. Start and the then you finale would, plot. Right, and then you would come together for some sort of, you know, common goal of both halves at the end of the show. And this feels very much like that. This feels like two subplots that make one big plot. Yeah. Yeah, because you got the at the end of the first season, you had the reveal of He Who Remains. Mm-hmm. And then this season is kind of like the fallout from all of that. Right. And in a way that I wasn't expecting until we got there at the end, we go back to the end of the first season in a way that is really crucial. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was episode five, I think, or six. Yeah, when he keeps time, when he learns how to time jump. Mm hmm. Control his time skipping. Yeah. Which was and fun. They do so much in this that is plot and multiverse. The first episode was very much focused on what it means to be a Loki, the first season, I mean. And this doesn't really concern itself with that that much. And so in that way, it's a different kind of a story, but I like the story they did. Yeah, I do like the story they did. I like how they arced this Loki, because that was one of my initial concerns when they first were announced it. It's like, but you killed, the, you know, you killed the Loki that had an arc. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is the Loki that we saw we were going to get from the end of the Avengers. So the Loki that did not have an arc yet. So he's still, you know, as close as possible to the I am Loki, God of evil. <laughs> That's exactly how he sounds whenever he's in the shower. Yes. But <laughs> they still. I'm not going to ask how you know this. I will respect your privacy. Thank you. We I, can't I, talk about it on the show anyway. This no is for. This is for Resurrections After Dark. More we'll that. <laughs> but they still, they gave him an arc. A different way, but they still gave him an arc. So because like Loki that. is, Loki is cool when he has redemption. And I'm not saying Loki in the comics necessarily, because Loki in the comics can be just pure evil, and that works. I haven't read a lot of modern Loki, just like old school Loki. But, um... But this film, Loki, throughout the Thor stories and everything, we want redemption for this character. We want the good side of him to come out and have some validity. And so every time we get hints at that, it's a good thing. And that's how that character went out, on a heroic note, or at least trying to be. And yes. so we get to see a similar theme for this Loki, who never got to be any of those things that his counterpart did. Well, yeah, because the other Loki came to terms of himself and his family and his his jealousy about his brother. Right. And this one came more to terms with his existence and his nature and who he was and who he wanted to be. Yeah. What kind of God he wanted to be, which was a fun bit by the one part where it's like, who are we to determine these things? Like, well, you know, what are we gods? Like, yeah, we are gods. Oh, I guess that makes us the ones. Yeah. I did like that. Well, we are gods. So, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I like that's one fun way to deal with that whole time travel type argument. One thing that made me squee on this is at the end, whenever he takes all of the uh, the threads, the branches and weaves them together um, into Yggdrasil. Yes, that was cool. or at least into something modeled after Yggdrasil. I was like, OK, yes, that's Loki right there. 
Yeah. Or maybe the new universe still. Because of yes. the destruction of Asgard and everything else, who knows? True. If that still exists. True. Or maybe he just knows that tree shapes are how you make universes. And so that's 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 what works. Well, I mean, they, they keep calling them branches, so you know, makes sense. <laughs> I'll make it a big tree. But I did. I did. Speaking of Orborosis, Orboros, Orboros, Ob, Ob. I did like his inclusion in the season, so I am glad then that, that we worked out that we got to have him in there because he was great. Yes, and the only reason I said that he might not have been there originally is just for timing. I think. They made this a year, two years later, and so the idea of bringing in another cast member, that kind of decision is the sort of thing that can happen easily whenever you have a time gap, you know? Yeah. If they just kept on trucking with their production back in 2020, I don't think this was part of their creative process at that time. Oh, and speaking of new cast members, so we had two new cast members in this show. I mean, yes, one one actor did appear in the last few minute bits of episode six of the first season. But he really shows up more as a actual cast member in this ep- this season. And this is what you couldn't tell me last time we spoke because you had seen this and I had not. Correct. Victor Timely. So I honestly want to ask some questions. Go right ahead. I will hopefully be able to answer them in some way beyond, oh. <laughs> Victor Timely is a variant of He Who Remains. In the MCU, yes. In the MCU. So is Victor Timely supposed to grow up to become Kang? Well, I mean, that's hard to say because Victor Timely in the comics originally was just an alias. From what I remember, he is just an alias that Kang used at one point. I believe it's in somewhere in the Avengers, like the 150s or the 160s. He's back in like the Old West and like you got to. It was like Thor and Moondragon and like somebody else teams up with like a couple of the Western heroes to fight him. And huh. the reveal was probably like Victor Timely's really Kang. So it all depends on where they're going with it or wanted to go with it. Cause it seems like a regular average dude from the early industrial revolution is able to become Kang at the end of time. And I feel like that's a jump. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming he's just a, Different one of the variants, but doesn't mean you know. So he is Kang in a sect that they're all Kang. You know, they're all the but same it's not guy. Like this person is supposed to become that person, but he's not probably going to be ever called Kang. You know, just like we saw. You know, just like we had seen at the end credit scene of uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, there were Kangs, but there also are Mortises and there were Scarlet Centurions, and you know, there was uh, Ramatuts. Mm-hmm. Are they all the same person? Yeah. Are they all Kang? Yeah, but I'm comfortable with saying that all of those different kinds of guys are, you know, Kang-ish because they're all powered individuals with capabilities and stuff. And this is just, like I said, this is just a dude in the light bulbs are new phase of Earth history, you know? Yeah. So, like, so he's <laughs> a very, seems very he's unlikely gonna... that he would become a time traveler. Yeah. Unless, of course, time travelers actually take him in and bring him to a, you know, super scientific headquarters that has all kinds of technology he can take. True. Oh, wait, that happened. (laughs) But we're going to find out with a different face on this guy anyway, because Jonathan Majors has been removed. That is correct. 
So whatever happens with Victor Timely and or Kang and or the multiverse saga, we're going to be changing faces. Yeah. Now, the question, of course, will be, which way are we changing faces? Are we just going to say, yeah, different variants. At some point, the variants start looking different. Or are, is this going to be a roadie situation? You know, Terrence Howard to. Uh, oh, I mean, are they going to acknowledge the different face on camera or are they just going to keep on going like it's the same guy? Exactly. That's a good question. And honestly, I wouldn't mind either way that they played it. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, Don Cheadle. That's it. Yeah, is it going to be a Terrence Howard Don Cheadle thing where it is the same person? Or will these be. Because, I mean, they could go either way. Because, I mean, there's variants. It's a multiverse. At some point, the variants might look completely different. You know, might start looking different. Certainly, um, Loki and Sophie look different. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just, you know, with the gender, but also, I mean, like, yeah, if, you're, if it's a, the multiverse and almost anything can happen, well, you know, like, for me or for you, like, well, what if the variant of John Wilson from another universe is Chinese? You're not mm-hmm. going to look exactly alike. You might resemble, but you're not going to look exactly alike. We have stuff that varied in comics. Like, those kinds of stories are not unheard of. So, yeah, it could be anything. They could play it anyway, and it, exactly. would, it would work. Yeah. So I'm good either way, whichever one they choose to do. Who knows? They'll pick one and go with it. Just just to weigh out on one aspect of that, I feel like with all of the statuary and everything, his face has been such a big aspect of his presence in the show that to not even mention that his face has changed would feel a little bit weird. It's not that I think they shouldn't do it. I just feel like that's to take into consideration when you're making that decision. Don Cheadle versus Howard, something Howard. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. I mean, that was a little bit, you know, throwing us off in the first five seconds of Iron Man 2. But once we realized they changed actors, like, okay, you know, Dick Sargent, Dick York, Sergeant York, whatever. Um, (laughs) But I feel like this is a little bit, his face is a bit more of the character than Terrence Howard's was made out to be. True, because Terrence Howard was, a, was, in comparison, a more minor character in the Iron Man mm-hmm. movie than he was as the main villain of a movie and a major supporting character in, se- in, a, in a whole season. And Terrence Howard didn't have statues of himself, you know. <laughs> That's true. For everyone to look at and say, he's the one behind it all. Who, me? No, the other guy. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, I like Loki a lot, but I am a sucker for these kind of science fiction time travel we gotta you know go back and fix time time that's change you know changing time alternate universe type stuff so i bet i'm a bit of a mark for that anyway but yeah. i had a lot of fun with that i did like the episode where they kept we finally got to see his uh Mor- mobius's obsession with uh sea dews with jet skis yeah jet skis that's it but yeah we got that we got to see Considering the fact that they mentioned they were all variants, it was nice to see that they actually show them their variant lives. Yes, that was a bit of storytelling that I really appreciate. Getting to see where all these people came from, who they were outside of the TVA, because that was such a major thing to the to the goal of what we want to achieve for these people is give them a life outside the TVA. Well, is that a life even worth having? And if you're an escaped criminal or somebody stuck in a nowhere job, then maybe it's not a life worth having. But if it's you and your kids and you're a single dad and they love you, maybe that is a life worth having. 
Yeah, and also, so I guess there's that, and also, like, what is he staying there, or is he taking the kids with him? Back to the multiverse? I mean, do you have to choose between having your kids and have you know, <laughs> dealing with all that? I just got the impression that he was going to go home and stay home, but I guess anything's possible. I mean, to be fair, neither life was perfect, or you know, but like, no. like the main thing he seemed to enjoy was the fact that he had his kids and he liked the, the jet skis. But it's not like he really loved his life or his job or anything. No, jet ski salesman was not necessarily the life for him. Yeah, so it's like, well, I don't want this, but I like these parts. It's kind of funny. He idealized jet skis so much, and he was a salesman, so he wasn't even getting to enjoy the jet skiness of jet skis. He was. He was, he was, um, well, yeah, he's, he's always on the one side, not the other. It's kind of like, I remember some back in college, like when I was, especially I was, you know, I was broke, but I was working as a waiter, waiter, a lot of places because, you know, trying to make money for paying for car and insurance and beer. Right. And it would, it always felt weird. The few times I actually could go to eat. Like, I'm on this end now. I'm not used to being on this end. I'm used to look, looking at the people and thinking, well, I hope you're enjoying the food because it looks good to me. Mm-hmm. But I don't get to be on this end. I get to be on I'm, – I'm stuck over here. Yeah. So it could be something like that. Like, here, I'm selling you this thing where you're going to go – as far as I know, you're going to go out and have an awesome time. It looks like so much fun, and I don't – I'm not able to do that at all. I don't have the time for that. Right, right. I don't have the money for that. Peddling was the word I was stumbling over earlier. I can remember he was peddling yeah. them. But yeah, I, I get that feeling. That's that's a pretty common thing, especially with young people trying to get their way in the world is we get access to things as salespeople or as, you know, representatives of an interest, not a partaker of that interest. Exactly. But I mean, if it was me, I'd be like, all right, kids, we're going on a trip. This is going to be a lot cooler. <laughs> Better than the jet ski, dad. Better than the jet ski. I mean, he's just going to commute. <laughs> he I mean, needs you know flash can have his cosmic t- treadmill moby's gonna have a cosmic jet ski <laughs> yeah i mean maybe he'll just commute to work i mean hey they gotta pay him somehow so you know it's probably probably pays better than uh jet ski salesman pay for his house right. pay for stuff you know be home it's it's time travel makes things convenient for commuting the existence they had there was no outside of work there was no go home like we saw hints of it in the first season, whenever he and Ravona would sit down and have a drink, but like that only implied there was time after work. We never actually saw them leave work. But there has to be because they I mean, as far as we know, they are still human, which means they do have to do things like eat and sleep. So unless you're Grant Morrison and nobody changes the tires in the Batmobile, exactly. <laughs> so maybe they do, maybe they don't. But I'm saying, so if they do go home and if they do have to eat and sleep, you do have to go home. And since the time travel thing's involved, it makes things easy. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to go home. Um, this is the weekend. So, you know, it's Friday night for them. I'll be back on. I'll be back Monday morning. So five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. You can go home as long as you want and come right back to work immediately when you left. Exactly. I'm taking the kids on a vacation for two weeks. So you'll be back in 10 minutes. Yep. Back in 10 minutes. Yep. And then we have Sylvie, who's kind of like doing a tour of the multiverse, it looks like. Mostly Oklahoma, though, right? Yes. <laughs> it kind of, Her thing at the end kind of reminds me of the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths with uh, Harbinger and P- Pariah and Lady Quark. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Where they just want to go live new- normal lives. 
well, like kind of walk around the new universe to see what's going, see what it is. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sounded like what she was planning on doing. She's kind of like walk around and see stuff. And then they showed up in a DC Comics Presents issue. And then Quark got possessed and went off, or went off to join Legion and then got possessed. Yes. But that also means, I guess, that, I guess it also leaves them a way to have a Loki in case, for whatever reason, they do not get Tom Hiddleston. Yes, because I've heard that Hiddleston has said he's done. Like he has he has finished his journey with the MCU. That's very possible. I was looking at something earlier, so let me see. This is an article from December 9th on some site called a direct. I I just typed in, you know, is Loki season three? And that's the mm-hmm. first thing that popped up. I have no idea how good this website is or not. Um, it just talks about how the person who was like in charge, the showrunner, would like possibly would like to do a season three if they can figure out a good story for it because he likes working with this team. While he doesn't want to rush into a season three if the story isn't good, he sees an opportunity to continue the adventures, whether it be a specific third season of Loki or a spinoff akin to Breaking Bad's Better Call Saul. I can see a spinoff with the TVA characters. Um, you don't necessarily need Tom Hiddleston for that because honestly, honestly. Even though Loki was the name of the show and Loki himself was the main person going from here to there, Mm -hmm. there was so much going on that he was mainly a spectator of or just auxiliary to. There was so much more going on in the show than just Loki. Yes. And so you could continue with similar adventures without the Loki part. Yeah. In fact – I'm scrolling down a bit more in the article. It says, 2024, that's just here, Deadpool 3, is said to utilize the multiverse more than any MCU movie to date, and with Owen Wilson rumored to join the party as Mobius. Oh. Okay. I mean, that's I'm the thing. That. We, could, we could use any of them now. Could be, could appear. Curious to see what Deadpool's going to do for us, because Deadpool is the next big multiversal film, because it's going to cross the Fox and Marvel universes yes but i figured since this is the last episode of this we'll talk about the upcoming you know what we know about upcoming for a few minutes at the end okay so that includes deadpool but i mean i'm but i'm just saying like yeah you're right because i mean they don't need tom hiddleston they if they want a loki they have sylvie or they do have four other characters that they can still use from the show mm-hmm. hunter right. b15 i think her name was mobius um Ob and I can't remember the other guys, the other character's name because I keep on to kill him Pillboy from the good from the good place. <laughs> so I keep forgetting his name, as you know, his character name. Let's call him George. You do have other people you you know, either spit use as spinoffs and, or also characters you can use as like guest cameos. Casey, that's his name. Right, Casey. But Loki, I had a lot of fun with. I enjoyed Loki a lot. I did not enjoy it as much as the first season, but like I said, it did a lot of good things. I got a lot out of it. And um, it was a show I was excited about once I got into it, excited about seeing what happened next. And I like that feeling because, like I said on previous episodes, sometimes I wonder about the momentum of this whole MCU thing these days. Understood. So I liked feeling the excitement about this one. Yes, that's, that's always a helpful thing to feel some excitement. All right, our bags are packed and we got the snacks. It's time for the Lombox Crusade road trip to the Lombox Mobile crew. 
Shotgun. Shotgun. Dang it. Everyone buckled up. Here we go. Well, now that the garage is empty, Gene will have more space to record episodes of LBC Irregulars, the indexing of the Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes TV series. Oh, no. Did anyone remember to leave Clinton some food down in the basement? He's going to need it as he makes more episodes of Fan Film Fridays, his ongoing look at online fan films. Why are you speaking in such a scripted manner, Dark Web? Anyway, you can relax. I asked Rick, or was it Jeff? Who can remember? I asked the attic guy to come down from time to time to check in on Clinton. You know, take some breaks from recording Monday Movie Muck about his movie review show. Weasel Skull, did you give Rick the key to the basement? Key. Sounds like LBC headquarters is in good hands, Death Probe. Right you are, Christados. Oh, Pat, can we stop off at KB Toy Store? I'm going to pick up some Transformers and G.I. Joes. They remind me of Transformers Chronicles and G.I. Joe Chronicles. Our show's going through the Marvel run of Transformers comics and the Devil's Due run of Joe comics. Well, while you guys are doing that, we can also stop by a Blockbuster video and get some tapes to watch for action film face-off. That's the show where we discuss two action films and have them duke it out to see which one is the episode champion. Is that VHS or beta? Eh, either one's fine. We've got a lot of stops to make, but if we can, let's squeeze in the Walden books and score some comics for us to talk about on Crusader Chronicles, the show where we move chronologically through the Amazing Spider-Man comics and include a bonus issue from the same release date as the Spidey recovery. I will definitely keep an eye out for our Walden books. It'll come in handy for the Pure Lombox Crusade episodes, our time capsule show where we take a deep dive into a randomly selected comic and talk about news, music, and movies and ads that were popular when the books were released. I'll also be on the lookout for our electronic boutique, EB, if you guys don't know the lingo back then, so we can get some more comic-related video games for us to discuss on Comics to Council Crusade. Good thinking. If time permits, let's hit Circuit City. I need more positrons for our Pop Culture Positcast show, the one where we find all the good stuff in pop culture that others seem to poo-poo. Positrons? Shut up and go with it. These old-timey, out-of-business store jokes doing anything for you folks? Well, if you like old-timey stuff, we also offer Saturday Matinee Theater, our look back at old TV shows, serials, and films that have kind of been forgotten. I think that about covers it. We definitely want to be your road trip crew, folks. Whether it's your commute to work or a road trip of your own, why not pass the time with us, your friends at the Long Box Crusade? Once again, that's Long Box Crusade, available on all your finer podcatchers. Good job, team. I'm getting hungry. Pat, stop at the next Kenny Rogers Roasters that you see. Or Pentagons. Burger Chef! All right. Should we get to what if? What if we did? I, ooh, I guess we'll find out now. Who's this bald guy behind me? Anyway. He's, he's watching you. Yes. What if season two, which they dropped in an interesting way, won a day for like a week? Or yeah. Or a week. From Instead December, of weekly, it was daily. Yeah, from December 22nd to 30th, there was an episode. That's the end of year present. Yeah. You know, that's one thing with streaming. They can actually experiment a bit now with how they do these shows. Like, maybe some things they'll do... All at once. Some they can do weekly. Some they can even do in a daily way. There are pluses and minuses to all of them. Right. But at the end of the day, there are no rules. You can do whatever you want to do. So much of the the conventions of network television just don't apply anymore. So they can literally do whatever they want to do. Yeah. But I mean, there's plus and minus for all of them. I mean, like, 
yes, dropping them all once people do love that, but then it makes it very easy for people to go, oh, great, I'm just going to get your service for one month and cancel. And mm-hmm. plus, you don't really end up with a lot of people talking weekly about your show. You know, your show gets a lot of attention for like one week and then it's over. Because most people have already watched it all. And you want that water cooler buzz. Yeah, and I mean, on the other hand, people do get cranky when you don't do it all at once, but it, especially if the show is good, it does help keeping a buzz if, like, it's coming out every day, you know, like, once a week, one or two episodes each week, you get people, you know, each week going, ooh, what happened now? Remember how much of a uproar there was when WandaVision came out weekly? And people yes. were like, what is this? And we're like, this is normal. <laughs> this is the way life used to be all the time. Yeah. And we and had I mean, to walk in the snow uphill both ways. To watch any show. Right. There was no TiVo. There wasn't even a VCR for my parents. We had VCRs. Yeah, I had VCR. But did you know how to program it? Most people did not. <laughs> so unless you were there to press record, you were screwed. And that meant you also had to make sure you were ready to fast forward all those commercials. And then you had to hit rewind real quick because you went too far in. And whenever you're recording it, you got to make sure to not just pause when the commercials start, but remember to unpause when the commercials end. Oh, yeah. If you want to do it that way, I would just hit record and let's record the whole damn thing. Well, my stepfather wanted me to record MASH and blip out the commercials, which is great. Except when the ADHD child doesn't remember to unpause it after the commercials are over. That could be an issue. Yep, yep, but yep. This was a different way of doing it. I kind of like the way they did this, almost like an end of the year present to people. It's like, here you go, episode of day. Do, 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 do. It's a holiday time. A lot of people are off. Here you go. Every day you got a new yep. episode. And it's a, it's a really great thing for the holidays. I mean, that's that a cool idea for a holiday broadcast. The, one of the things I like about the what if is seeing who they get to do the voice acting. Oh, yeah, because sometimes it's the movie people, but so many times it's not. Like, Haley Atwell was Chris was uh, Peggy Carter throughout, right? Yes, Haley Atwell comes back. Karen Gillan comes back. I wasn't sure if that was her because she wasn't quite as whisper raspy as she is in the Guardians films. Yep, nope, that is her. I'm looking at the credits right now. Jude Law, and speaking of that episode, that was Jude Law as Jan Rog. Okay. So, you know, Michael Rooker is Yondu. Seth Green did play Howard. Which, finally, we actually get real, you know, we get a Howard, you know, in there for a while. and enough, and Howard actually doing something with plot. I know, just not just showing up for a few minutes. Right, and being a duck. And being, you know, cameo. He actually got plants. I mean, he didn't, he didn't just duck out after one scene. Bump, bump, bump. It was not Vin Diesel as Groot, though. Oh, sadness. Who was Groot? Uh, what is the name? I recognize the name. He must have another voice acting. Fred Tastacor? Hmm. I think it's kind of funny that Vin Diesel's been sitting there saying, I am Groot 17 different ways for the last 10 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in a lot of animated stuff. He was an Invincible. Family Guy. There's a new Tiny Toons series? I knew there was a new Animaniacs. No, there's a new Tiny... It says Tiny Toons... He's one. He plays Yosemite Sam and Taz and, and a few other characters on Tiny Toons Luniversity TV series 2023. So oh, far, nine that episodes. got by me. 
Yeah, I did not know this either. He plays somebody called, if you've watched Star Trek Lower Decks, Lieutenant Shax. I don't know all the characters on Lower Decks. I know the main ones, but not. I don't. Yeah, I didn't know if that was. If, a I, if I saw a picture of Shax, I'd probably know who it was, but. Yeah. That's fine. But anyway. But yeah, that's one of the fun things for me with these animated ones see who comes back and who doesn't. Mm hmm. Yeah, because I and, saw Josh Keaton in the opening credits. I was like, oh, he was Spider Man on the Spectacular Spider Man show back in the day. And oh. he's Spider-Man in a lot of video games, but I don't know who he's voicing for the what if. Who's the character? I mean, the actor name? Josh Keaton, I think. Is that the what? For which episode? I don't remember. Oh, I just remember seeing his name on there. Sorry. But yeah, so they played So it's what if, which is an anthology. So sometimes it's hard to say. Like an overall thing, because there's, diff, you know, all episodes are different. Right. Well, like with last year, they do end up turning it into a. um an overall story by the end of the series. Yeah, they continued on that whole Guardians of the Multiverse thing. Mm-hmm. Which is cool that Peggy has that role, that she's not just Peggy Carter, that, you know, the Peggy Carter who was in What If and who was in the um, Multiverse of Madness and who was in this are all the same Peggy Carter, and she's a multiversal hero. Yes. I, you know, I would like if they somehow do an ending for her where it kind of mirrors what happened to the MCU version of uh, Steve Rogers. Where she dies yes. in a plane? No, he went back in time to live with Peggy. Oh, so that she gets to go back in time and find her Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Like, give them both, like, a similar uh, end, end run, so to speak. Yeah, I can see that. But anyway, so yeah, so we got a lot of ones. There was Nebula, you know, Nebula doing a noir story on um, Xandar. Peter Quill attacks Earth when he's a kid, and we get like an 80s Avengers with MCU characters. That was cool. 80s Avengers was cool. Um, getting Peter to react to his dad from the perspective of a child was a cool story choice. And that um, one also did have a lot of the actors. Like, I mean, literally, virtually everyone who's in there was the act was voiced by the actor playing them. Right, because it's very much a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Volume Two What If spin out, which like the, a lot of what the What If comics are nowadays, they're spinning off of particular story events. Yeah, the only ones who were not the same actors from the shows was the actors who played the kids, Hope and Peter, because obviously it's not going to be Evangeline Lilly and uh, Chris Pratt playing ten year olds. Right. Oh, and uh, Mar uh, Marvel was not the same. Oh yeah, because she, uh, yeah, she's younger. Because I'm even showing that the guy who played T'Chaka played young T'Chaka in uh, Black Panther. Oh, like in a flashback scene. Yeah. So they got they didn't get the same actor who played the older T'Chaka from Captain America: Civil War, but they got the one who played the younger version of him in the Black Panther movie. So that was cool. Although for that one, I would say the one thing that would bother me is like. So we're whole, skipping over the whole, you know, Marvel is hiding here on Earth and not pretending to be an alien. And it's like, oh, OK, I guess that's kind of out in the open. <laughs> I mean, I understand, of course, like a lot of what if it's, what if it's like, OK, we got to do a lot of stuff in one issue or a half hour. Mm hmm. But you I was like lost over some things and not answer but, some questions. Yeah. But like, that's a big question. That's, like, that's a big one. I was like, I, I was like, oh, OK, I guess we're not going to cut that one. You know, it's not just like, you know. It's not a, that's not a minor point. 
I mean, right. whatever. The episode was still good. That was yeah. just a little like, okay, uh, I guess we're going to cut that one. She's but a secret goes, alien, and we don't care. Yeah. But they're also going to uh, – looks like they're also going in some different directions and not just specifically picking main events. You know, or yeah, actual show events. This like, one felt a lot more exploratory as far as what kinds of what ifs they would spin out of, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, those first two ones, yes, were kind of uh, a bit closer to what happened. But then you get the what if Happy Hogan saves Christmas. Mm-hmm. Which is just kind of more like, what if Justin Hammer got out of prison early? <laughs> and it's it was fun. The fact that they then used the Happy Hogan Hulk character again completely separately later. Yeah, it's not the same, or, or maybe it is the same guy. Maybe it made I me mean, feel like they uh, they want to do Hulky stuff and had to create their own Hulk for some reason, but maybe not. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. I mean, because yeah, going back that's forward. That's the uh, episode eight, the sixteen oh two episode. And I mean, in the sixteen oh two, I mean, so I guess maybe it's supposed to be the premises. These are characters. You know, these might be characters from different parts of the multiverse, so maybe that is the same Happy Hogan who got turned into the monster. And then, of course, we got episode six, the completely different one, the Cthulhu episode. I hope I didn't lose you again. I had accidentally muted. I'm sorry. Okay, good. I was, I was munching on things, and I, I thought I had unmuted. It was actually talking to me, so I hope I had lost you. But I didn't realize I was not unmuted. So <laughs> I really liked Cthulhu. I thought that it did some really interesting things, but I was very... My my question was, okay, so this is cool, and I like this character. What inspired this? And usually with a brand new character like that, you have to have some sort of anchor. You know, what is it that ties this character into what you already know in the universe? And uh, I didn't see that in that um, that episode. I wondered if maybe this was the same culture that Namor had been associated with. Um, no, but that was, that was that was more South American. Mm-hmm. For Central America, yeah, it, this is it, North American, so different one. Right, it didn't feel right when I was wondering that. It was one of the things I was wondering. But then to use her in the finale and to bring her back in the finale and make her a part of the overall story, I was like, okay, okay. So you had a character, and to give an excuse to create more characters, I mean, that's not a bad thing. No, especially characters who are not as beholden for what has happened before with, like, actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can use Tony Stark in cartoons, animated shows like this, but you have to make sure the person, of course, can do a good Robert Downey Jr. Right. But, I mean, he's out of the sh- – as far unless they decide to either recast or reboot, he is out of the movies. Yes. But yeah, Tony Stark is gone, but you can do it in – Cthulhu is all new. You could do whatever you want. And like you said before, I think this kind of shows the way they were looking at doing this what if. I mean, the traditional what if series usually went for like, okay, what are big events that happened in the comics? Okay, well, what if that didn't happen? And that's what it is. You know, what if Phoenix did not die? Right. You know, what if uh, the alien costume took over Spider-Man? I just read um, what if Cable destroyed the X-Men, taking the idea that uh, Xavier came back from space earlier and found the state the X-Men were in in the late 80s. Around the time that Cable was running around with the New Mutants, it was like appalled. And uh, he and Cable actually took a very direct stance against each other. And then um, Cable did bad things. Yeah. But this is this show, especially this season, seemed to be more of like, 
okay, what are, you know? Let's look. Let's look at like the whole MCU, MCU, and like anything could be different. What do you think would be interesting? You know, it's almost like that seems like what the pit, you know, what the writers room was like. It was like, okay, let's start pitching. Just about anything could be different. And the Cathory thing is almost like, well, what if the Infinity Stones came to Earth early instead of right. finding them when we did? You know, because that basically is the premise. Like, what if the Space Stone came to Earth in the 1600s or 1700s? Sure it's also cool be. because we we have we have a lot of stories that are rooted in mythology. You know, we have the Thor stories and um, Shang Chi is rooted in some Chinese mythological elements. We as an American people do not have a lot of stories that are rooted in any of the Native American mythologies. We just don't have them. They don't exist. I'm sure they exist within members of the various Native American cultures. But, like, the mainstream culture, pop culture at large just doesn't know any of these stories. So to take a character and give her a root in something that feels very of the sensibilities of Native American people was cool. You know, it's a different side of humanity that I am not used to seeing. And the kinds of powers and the kinds of themes behind the powers this that's just storytelling we don't get very much and so that that in and of itself was neat plus it was an interesting way of doing uh what they did because you're not just doing a what if with this tribe the way that happens and you're kind of what ifing the whole world mm-hmm. so that's a major change one not a minor change so that's it that was interesting i will say she then goes and has her way with the queen of spain yeah i will say this while i did i liked it i thought i liked the character i liked the episode I'm glad they only did the one. And what I mean is, since the what if, it looked like they were just doing more wide-ranging questions of what if things change, you know, were different, and that's it. That's cool. But there shouldn't be too many episodes in the season that the only character that we even have recognized before appears in 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's what I meant. Like, yeah, do one per season if you want to do something like that, like something way out there. But... I don't want to see a season of nine episodes where no characters. All new characters we have no connections to. Exactly. It was definitely an experimental uh, uh, choice. Yes. And, and so, yeah, to do, to do it once, I think, worked well. And if they want to do another experimental one, and I'm not saying a sequel to Kathori, because technically Kathori now exists, so it's not brand new. But if they want to do another, diff, you know, like experiment in a different way, that's great. Like in season three, that's great. But pick. hopefully they just pick one. Because I still, you know, for the most part, yeah, I want to see what ifs featuring Steve Rogers. You know, even like like the '80s Avengers, yeah, they're most of them were supporting had, had been supporting characters, but we still knew who they all were. We know, Ch- Ch- you know, T'Chaka and Marvel and uh, Hank Pym, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Foster. We know who they are, so at least they're you know you know they're not complete cipher characters. It did make me wonder if Kahori was going to have some sort of uh, translation to comics. So far, it appears that she is uh, purely an MCU what-if creation. But it would be cool to see um, an adaptation of her. Because just like every adaptation of comics to the MCU has been a little bit different than the comics itself were, um, an adaptation of Kahori to the comics would probably be somewhat different. But... I am still curious to see if that's something that they're going to do down the road with the character. Oh, I mean, the question is, how do you do that? I mean, 
we see the we see how our story's going. So I guess do you do continue on the story of her changing the world completely, um, or do you just use her as like a uh, supporting character in something? Yeah, does, and she's yeah. she's a dated character. Like she exists in a particular time frame, so it might be hard to do a comics adaptation of her in the current Marvel universe and it still be recognizable as the same character. Yeah, it would have to be like an alternate universe series. Yeah. But we'll see. Who knows? I mean, it did take several years for both Harley Quinn and uh, X-23 to make the jump from TV to comics. Right. And Harley Quinn did come, you know, not too long after, but she was only appeared for the most part for a little bit. She was in Batman Adventures comics, which were basically just comics taking place in the same world as Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, to say Harley Quinn's first appearance in comics was a Batman Adventures issue is a little bit of a misleading thing because that is just a cartoon tie-in series. It's it is not so, a, yeah, it's not a Batman comics mainstream yeah, comics continuity. Yeah, she didn't appear in the main DC universe until No Man's Land during the Batman No Man's Land series. So that's like ninety nine two thousand, which is a ways down the road. Yeah, the finale. I was kind of surprised that it took so long for the characters on screen to realize that strange was bad because we all knew he was bad we remembered from last year he was bad you can see in his face design he is bad and i'm of the opinion as a storytelling technique you don't let your readers know more about what's going on than the characters know unless there's some dramatic tension or something similar to be achieved. And that wasn't really happening here. No, I didn't think it was that long, but maybe that was just me. I don't I know. Thought... I just felt like it felt like it was well into well into the storyline before Carol uh, before Peggy realized, oh, he's a bad guy? Okay. And then no, lots and lots and lots of uh movie magic to fight him and blast. Yeah, lots him. of fighting. I did like her interaction, by the way, with the watcher. I did like how he kept getting confused. He's like, oh, you can hear me? <laughs> Are you just going to narrate? It's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of, did you ever see Into the Woods? No, I have not. Into the Woods uh, has a narrator. And at one point during the second act, the narrator becomes part of the story. Oh. And it's a little bit weird because like, he's over there narrating and they start talking to him. He's like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. But I won't tell you what happens because it's a spoiler. Into the Woods, if you like musicals, Into the Woods is one of the better ones. Hmm. And there's a, there's a filmed... There's a, there is a full-on movie of it, but there's also a filmed stage play version of it out there on the streamings. Anyways. Into the Woods and Home Before Dark. <laughs> so hopefully there will be a season three. This is one of those things that scales very easily. They just had to figure out six or seven or eight concepts, develop yeah. them into stories, and, and make it. Yeah. And I hope it did well enough that they'll do a three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All this right. is not like not like Loki or whatever, where you had to come up with an entire, like, story make it fit in story and plot, how it furthers the MCU meta plot and everything else. This 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 is just, let's tell some stories. Yeah, and even the meta plot is that could be on its own. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's its own it's its own thing. So that's kind of that's kind of a fun thing, a nice thing about it. They they're they're on their own. They don't have to. I mean, yes, the MCU can decide. Hey, we're going to use your version of Stephen Strange as the bad guy in our movie, or as a bad guy in our movie in Multiverse of Madness. But they you know they're not beholden to what's going on there. Yeah, the the live action stuff needs to stay stay true to the overall goals. But what if can just do whatever it wants to do? Because that's the whole point. It's feedback time again, and this time the feedback is for episode 187, MCU 2023 Part 2 with John Wilson. And on Facebook, the post about that episode got likes and shares from Mirko Mackey, Darren Sutherland, and Ruth Sutherland. On Twitter, we got likes and retweets from Metahuman Hunter 60 Streaming Addict 2024, Alan Sharp, Last Sons of Krypton, Vietwin, Ghost Spider Groupies, a Spider Gwen podcast, Capes and Lunatics Podcast Network, Trapped in a World, Into the Weird, Chris Lydon, JohnReadsComics.com, Benton Trumbull, Lily Mae Je- Jelinek, Podcasting Marketing Agency, GD Milkman, Connor McKenna, and Tim Price, the Podcrasher. And on Blue Sky, we got sh- likes and shares from Hicks and Chris Lydon. Now, if you want to hear more from me, you can hear me on the Magazines and Monsters feed on one of the Bronze Age of, Bronze Age of Horror episodes with Billy covering Werewolf by Night 25 and 26. You want to hear that? Well, just go to the show notes, and there'll be a link to the episode right there. Now, you have things you want to say. You have comments about your thoughts of the MCU, these MCU movies and shows we talked about this episode, or last episode. Don't care which one. Tell me your thoughts. Send an email, resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. Or you can make comments, or just like or, and or share the episode on Facebook. Just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos in the search box and we will pop up. And on Twitter or Blue Sky at Adam Thanos Pod. All right, we're just about done with the episode, so we're going to have one more promo here. And this promo is for one of the shows from The Collective. The Collective was started by a few like minded podcasters who wanted to network in the most traditional sense. It has become a repository for ideas, crossovers, and potential guest appearances. And here's that promo. We are Venomaniacs is the Venom Scythe official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point of views about Venom-related comics, movies, television, animation, and merchandise. We are available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Google Play Music, and YouTube. Join us, won't you? So is that the end of 2023? Yeah, well, considering the fact that that last episode came out on December 30th, I would say yes. Took us a while to get through all of these. There was a lot more than 2023 than there was in 2022, and almost nothing in 2024. What's up with that? All right, well, there's only what? There is a TV show, at least. Yes, we have Echo on right now. And what else is coming out for future-wise? Uh, I know we have Deadpool 3. Deadpool 3, and... Um, Our- and the question I have is, should we count Madam Web or not? Is it on the calendar? Well, but does that count as MCU? I see. Uh, I mean, we have not been counting any of the Sony stuff. And that's the question then. Like, does that mean we have to, like, we went back and realized we realized we forgot to do Wakanda Forever, so we did that. Does that also mean we have to go back and do an episode on Venom, Venom 2, and Mobius, Morbius? No. No, I would say no. <laughs> I've only seen one of those three. 
I I like the two Venom movies. The two Venom movies are over the top shenanigans and hilarious and fun. I think they're great. I have not seen Mobius. I'm not certain that I ever will. I just like the memes that go, it's Morbid time. Madam Web has an official trailer out. Yes, I saw it. I have not. Okay. Deadpool 3 in July is apparently the only um, MCU title on the slate. Craven the Hunter and Venom 3 and Madam Web and are all on the slate. There's a Spider-Man Beyond the Verse TBD. It might come out this year. Might not. Probably not, though. Um, the TV shows have been... Everything that was slated for 24 has been shifted. Yeah, so I guess we'll see how the year goes. Um, Eyes of Wakanda is an animated series set in you know Wakanda. And Spider-Man Freshman Year was retitled Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. That's confirmed for 24, but those are both animateds. Um, and there's also the X-Men 97. If we want yes. to count that or not. So Agatha is supposed to be this fall. Oh yeah, that's right, and Agatha. But I think I think Echo, Agatha, and Deadpool three might be the only MCU things we have this year, which can be one episode at the end of the year. Yeah, because generally the animated stuff that spins out of movie ideas is not in continuity with the movies. Like there was a Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon that spun out of the Guardians of the Galaxy ideas. But, but it, it did not tie do. into the continuity. Yeah. It's like, if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, you know what you need to know to come into this show. But this is not going to tie back into future Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. So I guess we'll see what actually comes out. There's always that, right? What will or, actually come out. Or maybe we'll do an episode with, you know, with uh, Craven the Hunter, Venom 3, and Madam Web. <laughs> I've been wanting to do an MCU rewatch of like all the things, TV shows, movies, but I have not yet found the time for that. Mindy and I are doing a um, Star Wars cartoon watch through this year. Most days we watch an episode of the Clone Wars. When we finish that, we'll do Bad Batch and Rebels and stuff like that. But that's going to take the whole year or more. Yeah, that's yeah. That, doing the whole MCU watch is a time commitment. Yep. I'm going to watch some things, but I'm not going to do a whole rewatch. At least I'm not planning on it yet. We'll see if anything changes. But before we go, so real quick with this, uh, since we've done this before each time. So out of the three, how would you rank your enjoyment of the three things we talked about today? Loki, What If, and The Marvels? Wow. Yeah, that's my order. They're, v- <laughs> They're very different kinds of fun. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'd probably put what if on the bottom. Okay. And then I don't know how to rank the Marvels versus Loki. Cause it's like, they're just, they push very different buttons for me. So tie and then two or three. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. not to say anything disparaging about what if whatsoever. I just, yeah, I, it, I, I got it, less out of that than out of the others. You're too used to being on the internet. It doesn't mean I hate love hate. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. means how mm-hmm. it just means what did you enjoy in order of these things? They could all still be awesome, awesome, awesome. You could have also said I hated all three of these. Okay, but how did but in your order of enjoyment, how did you enjoy them? Doesn't mean the Which first one did you love. hate the least? 
just means which one you hated the least. I'm just thinking about how my excitement level for seeing each one as it was going, you know, like, okay, I was more excited, most excited for Loki season two. I was very excited for Loki season two coming out of Loki season one. That had died down significantly by the time we got to Loki season two. I actually had the opportunity to watch the first episode several weeks ahead of time because I have a friend who gets screeners because he does reporting. And I remember watching it going, huh. Okay, I think I need to rewatch the first season because I'm just not really getting it. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I rewatched the entire first season before I dove into the second season, did all of it within the space of a couple weeks. And uh, I mean, it, it plays very well as a, like I said at the beginning of our Loki discussion, it plays very well as a two half arcs of an overall show. And, uh, and yeah, but the Marvels was like adventure, fun, and comedy. And Loki was sci-fi fun and drama, you know, so it's just very different kinds of buttons. Understood. But that's our thoughts on the MCU. And hopefully maybe somebody will send in theirs. But now that that's out of the way, John, in case people want to hear you talking about other things, where can they find that? I have a brand new show that's just started. Um, as of January 19th. If you saw or have always wanted to have an excuse to see the 1990s classic science fiction drama Babylon 5. I am part of a retrospective podcast that is looking back on Babylon 5 30 years later. I have never seen the show, but my co-host has seen it all the way through a couple of times and is rereading the script books and other supporting behind-the-scenes material as we go through. So it's um, it's very much what I've heard some people call an intro cast, where you have an experienced and a newbie going through the show. And I'm having a great time. Um, as we're recording, we're getting into season three, but the episodes are just now starting to drop because uh, Blaine believes in lead time the way some people believe in God. Um, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so there's that. There's also my regular weekly show, Ninjas and Bots, where Lane... Not to be confused with Blaine, but Lane and I alternate weeks going through the IDW comic book series for the Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that is delightful and fun. So if you like those 80s properties and have either read or considered reading or just want to hear people talk about some of the modern comics interpretations of them, uh, please come give us a check on Ninjas and Bots. Both of those can be found on the John Reads Comics uh, podcast feed they also both have their own feeds so you can check them out either separately or as part of my overall podcast megalo corporation i am on twitter at john reads comics there's no h in john and the podcast website for all of my shows is johnreadscomics.com links for all these things will be on the show notes people and there might even be a promo that was already played for one of john's shows yay i like promos Probably the Babylon 5 one, because the last two episodes had the Ninjas and Bots promo, so. <laughs> but I think that's it for this time. Unless you have any final words you want to say? Until the... we um, get, like, you know, 17 more installments of the MCU in one year, because it looks like we only have three next year, so we'll do this in one episode next year. Yeah, that'd be nice. But you know what, um, Al? If I recall correctly, correct if I'm wrong, I think you and I talked about doing a podcast about Adam Warlock. 
I would yes. love to get back to talking about him someday. <laughs> we are. In fact, we are. The next time we will be recording something, it will be something that involves Adam Warlock. Yay! And Thanos. Both of them orange and purple together again. Yes, but we will be talking about that in just a minute after I stop recording. It's not for their ears. They're not ready. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Are you there? Can you hear me? John? Did I lose you? I lost you. I'm guessing you can't hear me, correct? Oh, wait. Hello? No. Oh, that's annoying. Okay. Oh, can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Oh, cool. I disconnected and reconnected my uh, AirPods, so I don't know why they cut out, but there they go. Weird. Very weird. So yeah, um, you said something about we finally got to see Mobius's connection to the jet skis. Yeah, his and obsession in the with of them. Sentence, I, yeah, and so I, I didn't hear you say the word jet skis. So that's that's exactly where I left off. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs>